The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Mark and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we're going to help you de-stress. We've got a local doctor on the show to help us find ways to combat and control our diets and lifestyles so we can improve our quality of life. Plus, he's the one who started it all, Mother's Market and Kitchen's own Bruce McGurn, and he's going to share some of his unique insights. Plus, another chance to win a $100 gift card. So listen carefully to the code word this week. But first up, we're joined today by another prominent physician when it comes to alternative medicine. Dr. Alan Sossen is the founder and medical director of the Institute for Progressive Medicine, and he's been practicing medicine for over 40 years. He's also an associate clinical professor at UC Irvine Medical Center and certified Defeat Autism Now physician. His institute treats people of all ages through comprehensive state-of-the-art new medicine techniques, and we welcome him to the Mother's Radio Show. Dr. Sossen, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Great to have you here. And today we're talking about something that affects all of us, stress. We're all so stressed out these days. And then the illness that surrounds us when we get too anxious or stressed out. And these days it seems that we're all busier than we ever. So we are lucky to have someone with us to help us get it through and, and cope. So Dr. Sassen, let's start out by discussing how our diet can cause or eliminate stress. Diet has a lot to do with stress. People I see who are stressed out mm -hmm. tend to have not very good diets. They go towards eating sugary things a lot of times. They'll have cakes or chocolate or something like that, which they find to relieve their stress. And ironically enough, those are the foods that create stress. <laughs> the quick fix. Yeah, it's the quick fix. And in a way, it's, it's, it's not the same as street drugs, but the effect is about the same because you're taking something that alleviates the way you feel. You know, you're feeling tension, you're feeling anxious. So some people will go out and they'll use marijuana or they'll, some people will use heroin it's a or alcohol. It's a stress reliever. It calms them down. It makes them feel better for that period of time. But in the long run, it destroys them. And I don't want to equate food with that because it's different, but in some ways it's, it's similar. And the foods that we eat to relieve our stress, create stress because something that you eat that gives you diabetes, that gives you heart disease, that gives you hypertension, that makes you anxious as sugar does and as chocolate does and as caffeine does for a lot of people is gonna give you more stress because it's gonna make you sick. Mm. And sickness is about the biggest stressor I know of, you know, next to somebody in the family dying. Sickness is a huge stress. And well, and you're pretty much, you're talking to everybody that uh, with that quick fix and we'd grab a cup of coffee in the morning and then there's loads of sugar in it. And I mean, it's just usually the way people start their day. So instantly when you get up in the morning, um, not necessarily you, but you're half of the America, it just grabs that cup of coffee and then off you go. You're off already to a very stressful day, I would imagine. Yeah, it's artificial energy. I used to drink six cups of coffee a day. Wow. And I had, you know, two or three cups before I saw my first patient 30 years ago. And around 20 years ago, I said, what am I doing this for? This is kind of dumb, and I haven't had a cup of coffee in 20 years, and I have actually survived that. Wow, I was going to ask you, know, you, was it so, hard? You know, I get up in the morning, I have energy, I feel better. Actually, when you take something that gives you artificial energy, such as caffeine, such as sugar, which does that also, you're actually draining the body of energy. You're pushing the body, and it's driving it without using the body's own energy reserves and you end up more tired. And you talk to people who by six o'clock in the evening, they're finished. Mm -hmm. They can't take another step. 
So yeah. what are what are natural good supplements? Or well, besides the supplements, but diet wise, uh, if you get up early and you you go 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 go, what kinds of foods do you well, put in your body? The first thing I would do is get away from the ones that you shouldn't have. So mm-hmm. I would steer people away from coffee. A lot of folks say I have to have one cup. I say fine, <laughs> one cup. That's it. It's not one thirty-two ounce cup. You know, it's one real cup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, use other things. Like I have uh, these days a smoothie every morning. That's my breakfast. So it has ground-up fruits and vegetables. I use a protein powder. I'll put some things in for taste, like like bananas and and dates, which I love. I don't put any ice cream in there. I don't use any of that stuff. And it works as a breakfast, and I feel fine. And if you can get away from the foods to which people have become dependent, and it really is some sort of addiction. When you stop drinking coffee, I remember I spent – two days in bed with headaches Mm. when I stopped drinking coffee. So there are withdrawal symptoms associated with it. There is some withdrawal associated with stopping sugar if you eat it all the time. You will not feel so good for a period of time. It works like that. But afterwards, when you're not having it and you're eating good foods and you're staying away from the things you should stay away from, there will be more energy. You wake up feeling better and you'll sleep better. You know, and that's a really good point, too, about the sugar. I'm reading a book, Sugar Shock, and it's so fascinating. And you mentioned it just a bit ago about how you compared it to drugs. And sugar is just horrible. Our body does go into shock, you know, especially when you're away from it. And if you happen to have a little bit of it after you've given it up, um, what it can do to you, though. People are very sensitive to those things. I, you know, see, again, children like with autism or ADHD, and a lot of them are very sensitive to the foods they eat, Mm -hmm. and they will be drawn to those foods. So if there's a piece of chocolate, they'll grab it and eat it and then get worse. (laughs) About 10 minutes later, they're awful, Mm -hmm. and the parents know that, and they keep their kids away from those particular foods, which cause their neurologic condition to worsen, and we're very careful and have a lot of recommendations for people who have brain injured kids who have kids with autism because the diet needs to be very regulated for those kids and they respond to it what is um how does exercise fit in with stress levels exercise is a great stress reliever or reducer Mm -hmm. you know you're producing for one endorphins which are the body's own opiates so we actually make our own opiates that we thrive on when you run I used to run long distances and at the end of that I would feel fantastic there wasn't an acre of pain I was just like floating Mm -hmm. and that was endorphins I imagine that was doing that to me so it's a feeling that you get from exercise that's exhilarating and people who are able to exercise a lot get that on a regular basis I've seen many patients who come and say I have to be in the surf every day if I don't Mm -hmm. go I'm depressed which is true for them (laughs) because they benefit benefit from it in that way And I always feel better when I exercise, even though sometimes it's difficult, or if I'm with my trainer, sometimes, you know, it's tough. But at the end of it, I always feel better. It's invariable. So exercise is a great stress reliever, and I think it's important for people who, and most of us have quite a bit of stress. Some people have unbelievable stress. But if you can put in the right kind of nutritional program plus the exercise, it just makes things go so much better. And that's great advice. What about, uh, we also hear about lack of sleep these days when we're trying to burn the the candle at both ends. Insomnia is the biggest symptom I see in this practice. Really? It's number one. Wow. So, you know, you might think fatigue is up there or something else is up there, stress is up there. Insomnia is number one. Hmm. I see more people with that than anything else. Sleep is an important thing to have. People need as much as they need to have so that they feel okay the next day when they wake up. I can get by with six or six and a half hours, and I do fine. I didn't used to be able to do that. It used to be eight hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes as you get older, you need a little bit less. 
but it's Im important to feel well when you wake up the next day. And if you don't, there's a problem going on. Some of those people have sleep apnea. Some of them have other things going on. Some of them didn't eat right before they went to bed. Maybe they had some alcohol too much or some sugar too much, and that makes your, your sleep not go right. So we work with nutritional supplements mostly. I try to avoid sleeping pills. Sometimes it's hard to do that because sleep is so much of a problem that you've got to get them a night's sleep. So sometimes we will use sedatives, hopefully on a temporary basis, to get somebody a night's sleep. But in the long run, you need to have people off of those drugs because they are highly addicting. Mm -hmm. And I've seen many people, I've even <clears throat> seen drugs like Ambien, which is a sleeping drug, be used as a as a uh, <clears throat> addicting type drug. So I'm taking it 20 times a day. Wow. So it, it, it adds up to the same thing. And I have never seen a prescription sleeping drug, which was not eventually addictive to people. Hmm. So they are all are like that. And it's important to work with ways of sleep that don't involve using drugs. Although, you know, as I said, sometimes you have to use them because the person hasn't slept in a week or two. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's impossible to stay with. They have to get some sleep. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. How do you know if you're getting enough sleep? Go by how you feel. Uh -huh. You know, if you wake up the next day and you're, you can hardly get out of bed, <laughs> you didn't get enough sleep. Even if you were in bed for 10 hours, it wasn't going right. Hmm. So, you know, we'll look into what's the sleep story with this person is it noisy outside are the kids waking them up all the time what's the what's the history of this whole situation you know is there a sleep apnea problem are they you know using recreational drugs are they drinking too much alcohol all of those things will lead to it if they're having the wrong foods if they have big meals before they go to bed expect a sleep problem expect that there may be nightmares are they around stressful people are they involved in difficult situations was there an argument with the wife or the husband before they went to bed that, you know, I'm going to divorce you, so maybe don't sleep so good that night. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are all issues that relate to sleep quality. So we look at those things, and a lot of times you can make modifications. I can't solve all marital problems, but I can make suggestions about, well, let's not discuss these uh, sensitive situations just before we go to bed. Maybe we should deal with it the next morning and then get mad at each other, but not, <laughs> you know, awake, not at yeah. 10 o'clock at night. It's the wrong time. Oh, that's a very good advice. How, what do you say about um, taking a nap, an afternoon nap to relieve stress? Don't like naps. <laughs> Don't like naps. Naps interfere with the evening sleep. Hmm. Usually if people have to take naps, there's something going on that needs to be adjusted. Again, I'm not talking about everybody. Some people have illnesses that require them to sleep during the day and fine. But a person who doesn't have some other thing going on, uh, if they're taking naps during the day, I would look at, look for some other problem that's interfering with the sleep at night. Because if things are going well, you don't need a nap. And the amount of sleep, it, does it vary for each person? I used to say eight hours of sleep a night. But. Everybody needs something else. Mm -hmm. Again, to me, it's really how do you feel when you wake up? It's the question I always ask. I don't ask people how many hours they get unless something else is showing up. So if they mm -hmm. say, I wake up in the morning, I feel awful. Well, then I'll ask them how many hours you get. If they say, I wake up feeling fine, I don't care how many hours they get. They That's don't true. need any more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this is a really interesting topic and there's plenty to learn from Dr. Sawson as normal, as usual. So we'll please stay with us. We'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. 
fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Radio Show, and we want to take the time to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio podcast to listen to our past shows. Plus, you can always download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sassen. We're talking about how to handle stress and what we can do to minimize and better control it in our busy lives. Dr. Sassen, can you talk more about some negative effects that pharmaceutical medications might have on us? Pharmaceutical medications all have negative effects. You see these commercials on TV, and they're required by the FDA to tell you what the drug's going to do to you. That cracks me up, by the way, when I hear that. Then why take it, right, with all those side effects? Is that what you're talking about? Right. So you have this nice, soothing voice saying after they (laughs) tell you about the drug, this drug may give you diabetes. It can make you obese. Mm -hmm. If you're a child, it can make you depressed and want to kill yourself. And if you're an older person, it can give you a heart attack and kill you that way. And that's what they tell you, and this is the drug. Yeah. You say, oh, my goodness, but you know, what's, what's wrong start? here? Yeah, right. And that goes on for every drug. So there really is no drug, even the over-the-counter drugs. There's no drug that has no side effects. They all have side effects. And if you take too much Tylenol, your liver is going to get destroyed. Mm. And if you take Tylenol when you're drinking alcohol, you're going to destroy your liver. So, you know, this is an over-the-counter drug that we know can be lethal, and so can aspirin. And any drug can be lethal. So our objective is to try and handle things as much as we can without drugs. You know, I do have people who are on aspirin. I do have people who are taking Coumadin for blood clotting issues. You know, we do use drugs, but it's all individualized. It's all, you know, what does this person need? What's the safest thing for this person? And if they come in using psychiatric drugs and sedatives, I always try to make an effort to get them off. And some people don't want to come off. And then it's more difficult, of course. But a lot of people do want to come off because they feel the side effects. They feel fatigue. Uh, their minds aren't quite as sharp. And this is very common with sedatives and antidepressant drugs and mood stabilizers and antipsychotics. They will knock you down. Mm. You're not as bright. You're not as alert. You're not as outgoing. You don't talk as much. You're not as communicative. So they tend to put people at a lower level of, of consciousness, in my opinion, even though a lot of times they feel better because the things that are making them upset don't bother them as much. It's like you a know. mask, right? It's sort of, it's still going yeah. on. But yeah, you know, the, the, the wolves are still at the door, but I'm not so worried about that now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that doesn't get the wolves away from the door. Mm-hmm. It doesn't solve any problem. It just makes the problem not bother you as much. Some people don't know what the problem is, and then they're willing to take the drug so they just don't feel the negative effect of whatever that problem is that they don't know what it is. So then, you know, again, you have to look at things and see what's going on. But our our job, our effort is to work people away from these drugs. And it may take six months. You know, I don't I don't rush it. You know, I never tell people who are taking heavy duty um, 
psychiatric type medications, stop it tonight because it's not going to work. They're going to get into trouble. It has to be done supervised, medically supervised over time with appropriate attention to their entire lifestyle. How do they eat? How do they behave? Who are they in, involved with? You know, who do they communicate with? People who are frequently uh, depressed or upset have someone in their lives or several people in their lives helping that to happen. So it could be an employer, it could be a wife or a husband, it could be a child, it could be a, a mother or father, but there's almost always somebody or several people who are contributing to the way this person feels, and that can usually be dealt with. If you know who they are and you know what's going on and you have some education on how to deal with them. It's not like I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, you know, what am I doing to upset you and what are you doing to upset me and how can we work on this and make things go better? How do we create good roads, good weather? How do we make things go right rather than being on each other's throats all the time? Sometimes right. people have to leave their jobs. Sometimes really, you know, it's the wrong profession or it's not a good boss or it's not a good match or it's something. It just has to change. Sometimes there does need to be a separation of a husband from a wife. Hopefully it's not permanent. Sometimes you need distance. Sometimes you need privacy. You know, things change. But I don't believe in going to drugs as a solution because they are never a solution. And you have, it just sounds so elementary, really. You just kind of pare things away. And instead of masking it with the drugs, yeah, take a, a good life perspective and see where you're at. And don't be around people that stress you out, too, I suppose, huh? Right. What you just mentioned. How, um, what nutritional supplements are beneficial? And I, go, I guess that would be an individual question for which ones. But is there something general that people can take each and every day that, that we should start off our day with? You know, there's a number of supplements that we use on a routine basis for stress, emotional problems. Fish oil is one. Mm -hmm. I give it to everybody anyway because it's good for everything. Just How much? About. Or is that dependent on the person? Depends well? what you're dealing with, but mm -hmm. most of the time I'll recommend 1,500 milligrams of fish oil. EPA, DHA are the two kinds. DHA tends to work more effectively for depression. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell people, well, try and get DHA. We happen to have a, a supplement here that's mostly DHA. So that's the one I would recommend for depression. If you're dealing with inflammation, which fish oil is also good for, I recommend EPA, which is a little bit better for that particular problem. So we use fish oils a lot, 1,500 milligrams for an average person like me or you, someone who's having more problems with anxiety or depression, I might go to 3,000, I might go to 4,000. Wow. So you know, raise the dose, there's really no downside to it. People who say, well, fish oil is gonna give you more of a bleeding problem, mm, nonsense. Hmm. You know, it will give you a bleeding problem if you're taking five aspirin a day. That's or right. Or if you're on you know, 10 milligrams of a blood thinner a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not by itself. You know, the Eskimos didn't, you know, have spontaneous bleeding from, uh, uh, you know, eating fish in the Arctic. They didn't have that problem. <laughs> they also didn't have heart disease. So there's things to be said for fish oil, and I think it's, it's almost entirely safe at almost any dose. What about other supplements? I, I heard you talk a lot about vitamin C. Is that good uh, for everyone? Vitamin C is mainly for immune situations, for fighting infection, for healing wounds. I don't use it particularly for stress, although we use it in our stress infusions. Uh, but things that I, I like more for, for depression, for anxiety, are uh, S-adenosylmethionine, also called SAMe, 5-hydroxytryptophan, L-tryptophan. Those items, you have to be a little careful if you're taking them and using them in someone who has uh, antidepressant medications because they can interact with each other. So if they're used, you have to separate them by time, usually four to six hours apart. Hmm. 
And those are some major items we work with. We have combinations of amino acids, uh, GABA, um, several others that can be put together and are available in, in combinations that are useful. Inositol is a supplement related to the B vitamins that helps with anxiety and depression. Some people have used kava, which is a, uh, an herb that they've used in the South Seas for years, and that helps with anxiety, helps calm people down. There's a, a number of different things you can, you can work with. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, a couple of other, some other advice about really not taking supplements and, and drugs, but just staying active in your community. You talked about not being in a place uh, that stresses you out or working with people. There's, it means a job change. What, what other kind of advice can you give to folks about being? Well, the thing about communication is it can be good or it can be bad. Mm-hmm. So bad communications, yeah, they'll, they'll upset you, but the absence of communication is actually the single worst thing. So people who are entirely isolated, you know, who live alone, who don't have a lot of contact with other people, have the worst problem because human beings require communication. And if we can't get that, we shrivel up and we fade away. Mm. So it's important to have it. It's important to establish it to be the right kind of communication. What we're doing right now over this table, I would consider good communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an important thing. So you know, the more of that I could do, the, the better it is for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think people should be aiming for. It's not that you want to get away from everybody. You want to get away from certain things that aggravate you until you're able to deal with them so they don't aggravate you, hopefully. But, you know, being around, sometimes, you know, I'll work all day long and see 30 people, and I don't want to talk to anybody else. <laughs> you know, so I will go be m- by myself for a while, or I'll go to the mall and walk around the mall and just look at people. <laughs> right. And Anything. that's fun. You know, I don't have to talk to them. I can just look at them and, you know, <laughs> get that enjoyment, and I'm not forced to communicate. So sometimes you need a little bit of privacy because you've been, you know, on the line for too long. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fine, but communication is very important, and it, it, it needs to be there basically every day. And I think, too, just to kind of wrap things up, you know, when people fall back on what their real passions are, if they're not doing that in their job already, just finding things you do uh, that you love to do and try to find a, a little bit of time each week or so, huh? Uh, that's really important, Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we see a lot of people with addiction problems, and one of them, most salient factors of it is they have no purpose. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with themselves. You know, they may not be working. They may not be going to school. You know, what do you do? I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a purpose. And, you know, the times in my life when I've had the most difficulty was when I didn't have a purpose. And if you have that and you have something that, you know, your in, intent on making go right could be your children, you know, mm-hmm. could be your spouse, could be your mother, could be whatever, as long as you have that, it's, uh, we need things like that. Without that, we don't do so well. That's a great advice. Well, thank you once again for your time, Dr. Sawson, and we look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sawson on his website, iprogressivemed.com, and learn more about his passion for alternative medicine and other th- great things he's involved with. We look forward to our next visit. Thank you. Thanks. If you've ever enjoyed the delicious food inside our kitchen, you may have tried this tasty dish. Now you can make it yourself. Tofu spinach lasagna. The ingredients are 12 each lasagna noodles cooked until tender, one bunch spinach washed and drained, one pound tofu. Firm tofu works the best for this, which you're going to drain and crumble. Two tablespoons fresh basil minced, one tablespoon oregano, one tablespoon fresh garlic minced, two tablespoons fresh parsley minced, a dash of black pepper, and a dash of salt. 
26 ounces of marinara sauce. You can use your own or any jarred marinara sauce that you like. My favorite that we sell at Mother's Market is the Rayao's marinara sauce. So to make this, you cook your lasagna noodles according to the instructions on the package, and you want to preheat your oven to 375 degrees. Combine your tofu, herbs, and spices in a food processor and mix until all ingredients are blended. You can also do this by hand. I think your food processor does the best job of giving you a blended tofu mixture. In a 9 by 12 inch baking dish, you're going to place a thin layer of marinara sauce, followed by four strips of lasagna, and then add a half inch layer of your tofu filling, and you're going to repeat those layers two more times with your final layer of lasagna noodles and marinara on the top. Baking for 45 minutes, and to give this um, some variety, you can top it with grated soy cheese, or you can use different veggies such as zucchini and broccoli or carrots, and combine those in your layers. So this is Tofu Spinach Lasagna by Mother's Market and Kitchen. 31 years ago, Bruce McGurn opened the first Mother's Market and Kitchen in Costa Mesa. And earlier this month, the flagship store relocated across from Triangle Square. The new store is almost twice the size with expanded produce, grocery, and a wonderful spacious restaurant to serve our customers. We think you'll love this new location. And recently we caught up with Bruce to talk about his unique experience through the years. How did the um, idea for Mother's Marketing Kitchen come about? came about organically, quite naturally, as a matter of fact. I and a number of other people were taking yoga at the Yoga Center of California, and we were practicing how to put yoga postures and stuff. And So I became friends with a, a number of people, and uh, there were some ladies who wanted a tea room. We were thinking about raising funds for our retreat site, a tea room. Somebody else wanted uh, to do a produce store. Somebody else wanted to do an herb store. Uh, somebody else thought we ought to have a place for vegetarians to eat, people who are on a special diet. So initially, there, I guess there were about 16, 20 people that all knew each other and, and were studying together. And I found a site on my bicycle one day where we opened our first store and told these people about it. So moved ahead and we put together the strangest store in Costa Mesa. A store filled with vitamins and herbs and homeopathics and tinctures and natural body care items and produce and uh, oh we had tea but also a vegetarian restaurant and raised uh, $82,000 and off we went. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market.